All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, August 10th of 2022. Got a different vibe going on here on the stream here today. I'm I'm standing up. I realized here uh, only after being in this office for uh, almost two months here now uh, that the desk they provided me here is a is a, a fancy standing desk. So taking a little bit of advantage of that today, keeping the blood flowing as I'm uh, building some of these and late swapping some of these early slate baseball lineups here today. Uh, the Angels and Athletics both wrecked havoc. Uh, on my lineups here and had to do a lot of swapping here in the last 10 minutes before we went live here today. But uh, thanks everybody for for tuning in and welcome back. For those watching or listening for the very first time, my name is Jordan. I'm the head coach here at Sabersim. Uh, and this show is an open Q&A style show where I answer questions from the Sabersim community about how to use our tools to build better DFS lineups. So uh, if you have questions for me that you'd like to ask and you're watching live, you can post them live into YouTube chat or the Office Hours channel in Slack. Uh, you can also always email us as well if you don't catch this show live. If you watch the recording or listen to the podcast version of this show, emailing us support at sabersim.com. Uh, is a great way to get your questions answered as well. We have a few questions in our queue here for today. We'll get the app pulled up uh, and start walking through this. It looks like a variety of different questions here, but um, let's see. Uh, kind of a general trend, I would say, of uh, questions about diversity, especially um, Diversity of your lineups in your final lineup set in the post-build process. Uh, diversity of your combinations as well. Um, very common question, you know, uh, you're getting two stacks, maybe 10% of the time, uh, but they're overwhelmingly paired with one another, how we can deal with that particular problem, things we can do about that. So uh, I think we'll probably spend a fair bit of time on that question. I have a few things to mention. Um, there's both kind of more some practical and theoretical implications there. Um, so, but all things considered, not not too many questions in our queue here for today. So if you guys have questions that you'd like me to answer, if you'd like me to get to them, go ahead and fire away at me here now. Uh, and we'll we'll just start diving in here. So uh, let's start. This will, we'll, we'll pull from Marbrand's question here first, which will get us going on that particular topic. Um, and... So Marbrand wrote, uh, I'm sure this has been covered before, but what's the best way to get Sabres and to give you optimal diversified exposures to certain team stacks? For example, tonight after my adjustments, I wound up with a lot of Blue Jays and Pirates, uh, but I would have liked to have seen more Dodgers and teams I projected highly in my build. So how can I make it so make it to where the builder doesn't go all in on just a few teams? So let's let's get started here. We'll start kind of with the most simple version of this question. So let's assume that you're playing for tonight's contest, right? And let's say that you're playing. Um, I'm going to just assume a 20 max, right? This kind of this is true regardless of whether you're talking 20, 150, whatever it is. But let's just assume for now that we're using a 20 max. Right, so we'll get these lineups built here uh, and see what we get out of the top of this. Now, I will say, you know, I think it's it's somewhat common to find, especially in twenty lineups, but even one fifty, that there's going to be some preferred directions. There's going to be preferred angles here uh, on one team or another team or something like that. Especially if you're used to running the research build and looking at optimal rates or something like that, uh, you're, you're probably going to find that that Sabersim does take a bit of a stand. I mean, the reality is, the, with even with one hundred fifty lineups, twenty or one hundred fifty lineups, you can't 
play every angle, uh, especially given the fact, and this is something that we'll talk to in a bit, especially given the fact that we're ultimately sorting this lineup pool by Sabre score, you're going to see that there is generally a preferred angle or way to play for that particular slate. Uh, that may not leave you as diversified as you want. So let's take a look and see what we get here. So I'll adjust two projections just to get us going here. Uh, very, you know, one thing to note here right off the bat, very concentrated on Verlander and Bumgarner here. Um, on the stacks, uh, definitely kind of a preferred direction for the Cardinals and then kind of even throughout there. So most of our lineups, right, are Verlander, Bumgarner, a Cardinal stack, and then varying the other associated stacks from there, right? And let's say this isn't as diversified as you want, right? Maybe you identified, um, I don't know, let's see, let me look at this real quick. Maybe you had identified in your research process that you wanted to get on, you wanted to get a little bit away from um, the Cardinals and get a little bit more onto some of these next best teams. Braves, let's say Braves, um, Astros, uh, Toronto, and White Sox, for example, right? So one thing that you can kind of do here is just, I think the stack pool exposure can be very useful because it'll show you how many lineups in your pool you have with those teams in them. Uh, and you can just start making adjustments here, right? So maybe you want to make sure that you're getting, you know, one that that uh, doesn't really pop up that much is the Astros, right? Maybe you want to make sure that you're getting to some of those Astros stacks, 25% there. Uh, Toronto's a little bit light as well. Maybe you want to make sure you get 25% Toronto stacks uh, and still making sure that you're getting 25% White Sox and 25% Braves, right? And this is like the simplest way. You can see this is slowly diversifying us, right? Uh, our, our exposure to St. Louis has come down. We're getting exposure to some of these other teams that we wanted. If we wanted to even go further and then just cap the exposure uh, to the Cardinals to maybe 35% or something like that, we can very easily do that as well. And all we're doing is we're sorting through the pool of 500 to find the best 20 that match all of these exposures, right? This is probably the simplest way to go about doing it. So going back to the question here from Marbrand, as it's written here, uh, wound up with a lot of Blue Jays and Pirates, but would have liked to have seen more Dodgers and other teams projected highly in the build. How do I make it so where the builder doesn't go all in, right? Uh, typically, you will see, let's reset this again. Typically, you will see that the pool of lineups that you have in your entire pool is more diverse than what you are seeing in your subset of 20 lineups. So uh, you know, you might look at this er, like first glance and say, oh man, I wanted to get Astros and I got none. Well, in reality, you got about 6% in your pool. You just have to go get them and dig them up. So that is probably the easiest thing to do there. Um, so that, that's kind of the first question on this diversity, uh, train of questions here. So I'm going to, from there, just take this over to, uh, Tim's question here, which I think will kind of help us go one step deeper. And uh, this one says, question regarding how teams are paired or stacked together. Last night, I guessed correct and had a decent amount of the Rockies, 8% on 100 lines. However, all the Rockies stacks were stacked with the Pirates except one. I know price has a lot to do with it, but is there a way to make sure teams are stacked with a variety of other teams rather than the one, rather than having to go through and scroll and look at every line? Thanks for your help. So this is where it gets a little bit more tricky, a little bit more interesting, right? Now we're not so much saying we want this amount of exposure, but we're saying we want to make sure that we have diversity in our combinations. And I totally get where you're coming from on this, right? I mean, it it probably matches up with your intuition that if you have, what is it? 
uh, 8%, eight, eight Rocky stacks uh, on a 14 game slate like we had yesterday that they'd probably be relatively spread out across your lineups. Uh, but sometimes that, that doesn't necessarily happen. And, and a lot of that actually has to do with kind of the way that Sabre score uh, works, right? And Ateru in Slack uh, asked some very good pointed questions about this that we'll get to here in a moment, right? Uh, but especially if you are pumping up exposure to a team that Sabersim didn't necessarily want to play to begin with, because you are basically saying, give me the highest Sabre score rated lineups that include this minimum metric that must be met, You'll often see that those lineups aren't as diverse because the best possible way it can play them is using some other team or pitcher combination or something like that that it really does like, right? Like the highest, the highest Sabre score Astros lineups. Let's just like say we want 40% Astros, right? Just to get a lot of lineups in here. Um, man, I don't know why my my main monitor keeps freezing on me on occasion here. Uh Give me just a second here. It, it normally comes back pretty quick. Um, I'm flying blind here. Okay, we're back. Uh, where was I doing? Astros, 40%. Uh, did it, it didn't work. Let's see. Let's reset this all again. Reset all exposures. Astros, 40%. Okay. We'll see if we do Astros here, right? So in this case, actually, we are a little bit more spread out than you might expect, but uh, it's common because of the way that that basically we're saying, you know, give us, it, it's going and picking up the eight uh, eight best Astros stacks it can find, right? Uh, which frequently will include the best overall players according to Saberson associated with that. So you can get situations like this. Now, in terms of how do you solve this problem, right? Maybe you're even looking at this and saying, I don't want, I don't want St. Louis stacks with any of my Astro stacks. Now, I mean, the easiest thing to do, right? To, if you can identify things like that uh, is to just trash those combinations, right? So if you say, you know, I don't want to play uh, any, um, I don't want to play any Astros and St. Louis stacks together, right? You can use the filters here to, to kind of get rid of that. So now we have 40% Astros, but we know the Astros are never paired with the Cardinals, right? So we're getting a little bit more unique in that particular way. Uh, but that can be tedious if you want to do a lot of that, right? If you're planning on making a lot of these kinds of changes and looking into things, it's, it's a little bit tedious. One thing we do want to do in the future, and I've mentioned this before on stream, is give people more tools to be able to set exposures to certain combinations, uh, which I think would make it a little bit easier. For now, the easiest thing to do, I think, if you specifically want to diversify your pool even more, is to simply increase your SIM precision slider, right? To use smaller SIM buckets for each individual lineup. And that is going to help what, what part of what is happening here is that when you're bucketing your Sims 18 game Sims per lineup, it makes it a little bit too easy for Saber Sim to consistently find the same Pirates and Rockies stack, for example, or in this case, uh, St. Louis and Astros stack, for example. As that bucket of Sims gets smaller, right, the odds that there are enough lineups where it is Pirates and Rockies or Astros and Cardinals together when you're using a Sim bucket of three Sims per lineup or six Sims per lineup or even one Sim per lineup goes down quite a bit. Uh, and you'll find that your lineup diversity, right, between lineups actually gets much larger very quickly. So um, I think for now, the best recommendation, if you want to increase the diversity of your combinations, right, uh, would be to still otherwise retain most of your process, right? Still edit your exposures, uh, still do all that kind of stuff, but start from a point of increasing your sim precision slider. 
I think is probably the best advice I can give here. Uh, and I actually have just found that often I prefer when it, I like to play a pretty diversified portfolio. Uh, and I've, I've generally found that I actually like to increase this imprecision slider even above its defaults for most contests anyway. So um, Tim, for now, that is what I would recommend. That's probably your best path forward in terms of making those combinations diversified a little bit more. Um, and if there are specific angles that you are looking to play on a slate, like you've pumped up the Rockies like you did last night, and that's kind of one of your edges, I think it's always good to spend a little bit of time. Like if tonight my edge was targeting Houston, right, that I think is is maybe an interesting stack that might be going a, a little bit overlooked, uh, making sure that I'm happy with the diversity of the combinations there uh, and adjusting accordingly. So. Uh, and then, okay, I'm going to, so Eteru wrote, uh, an interesting post here. Um, I, it is, it is kind of, uh, it's long. Um, it, I think it's an interesting analysis on the way sorting your pool naturally reduces your diversity because Saber score is a, as an opinionated metric, right? We are not randomly sampling a pool of 20 lineups from our pool of 500. We are sorting them based on a a algorithm, right? That that is opinionated. That has a has a stance essentially on the right way to play the slate. That naturally reduces your diversity of your lineups, and actually can naturally, like I was saying before, uh, reduce your diversity in very specific ways. Create combinations that you might be unaware. You might have forty percent of one pitcher and forty percent of one stack, and be unaware that those are actually a hundred percent correlated, and you always have those two players together. I think one way to alleviate that in the meantime, like I mentioned, uh, is to play with a little bit of a higher sim precision slider. I think that will help uh, in the short term. In the long term, we are aware of this, I guess, uh, potential weakness, potential hole in the software, and we're actually working on right now uh, a pretty cool tool. Um, to further diversify your lineups in the post-build process. Um, it is essentially uh, a, a bit of a portfolio optimizer, um, for lack of a better word, where you can say, you know, this is the um, most diversified set of lineups within your pool that you can play without sacrificing more than X percent upside or, or, or something essentially like that is kind of the way we're thinking about it. So more details on that to come. Uh, Iteru, I appreciate you writing this. I think this is a pretty sharp post for anybody interested in reading it. I'd go check it out. It's in the Office Hours channel in Slack. And for now, uh, I would say that we are very aware of this problem and it is something that we plan to fix. So, um, but anyway, for now, let's go ahead. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, keep going through here and we'll hop over to YouTube chat. Um, so let's get caught up here. First of all, uh, Bill said, hello. Hello, Bill. Welcome. Um, Patrick said, will you dabble in some preseason NFL? I probably won't. I'm still, I, I'm still hitting the, the, um, baseball pretty hard, pretty much daily, uh, playing golf most weeks. I, I think the golf playoffs, at least, especially this week and next week are pretty fun. Um, in terms of DFS, I, I don't know. I, I'm very excited for regular season, but preseason NFL, I wouldn't say is really, really my thing. I'm not a big preseason sports DFS grinder to begin with. Um, I think that the edge in those contest types a lot of times is just like being kind of a beat writer uh, grinder and following along and, and making sure that you know who's going to play in the starting lineups. And I mean, I, I it's just not as interesting of an edge to me, to be honest. I, I like the, I like knowing the starting lineups and playing that game theory angle of like, we all kind of have the same similar information. We all kind of have the similar projections. We know who's going to be the chalk and uh, like building a, a leveraged lineup that way, as opposed to just saying like, oh yeah, I follow this, uh, I don't know, 
New York Jets beat writer on Twitter who got the like late breaking news that the fifth string running back is actually going to play the entire first quarter or something like that. Like just not super interested, but I am, I will be ready for some regular season NFL. So anyway, uh, Nick said, uh, not seeing the percentile projections for PGA 85th, 95th, 99th. Is that something you do for golf? I just signed up. So, uh, we don't do percentiles for golf. First of all, welcome. Uh, we don't do percentiles for golf, uh, for a, a, specific reason here. Um, we have a, we have an alternative set up here basically instead. So, uh, for golf, we basically kind of describe these outcomes here, um, with the make cut top 20, top 10, top 5% and win percent here. Um, and the reason that we do a, the reason that we don't do the percentiles is they break down at like the 95th, 99th, area. Uh, the re specifically the reason they break down is because they imply that everybody's making the cut, right? So if you write the 95th percentile, for example, for all of these different people, uh, it, it's not a, a possible outcome. In other words, I guess it could kind of work for at least just something to look at, but you, it doesn't make sense to use the 95th percentile projections because they imply that everybody is making the cut. So I think these probabilities here instead function pretty good as your um, basically like your 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 ranges of outcomes here, um, or at least kind of help demonstrate the, the probability of certain upside outcomes here. Um, the, the percentiles just have a weird, they don't really make sense in a golf sim to, to, to be totally honest there. So, um, but happy to answer any other questions you have on that here um, and anything else as you're getting familiar. So. Patrick says, where can I get some cool SaberSim apparel? We have chosen uh, to keep the SaberSim gear um, lucrative and, and kind of rare uh, in the form of our winner circle. So um, let's see here. So on our site, um, winner circle, if you win $1,000 or more with a top five finish while you're repping the SaberSim avatar, you get free stuff. Um, so, uh, you get your screenshot posted up here, which is pretty cool, but there's a different scale from, uh, you take down a millimaker, um, to a hundred K win to 10 K win to a thousand win, you get different stuff. So I think you get the t-shirt, uh, once you have a win of, uh, a thousand dollars or more. Um, yeah, you get the swag box, you get the t-shirt. So you just tweet us at sabersim.com or at sabersim on Twitter. Um, and we'll get you, get you your gear, but, uh, we don't have a store or anything like that. And the, the point of that is to make this winter circle, uh, kind of fun, kind of lucrative, right. Um, kind of rare. So, um, anyway, that is, uh, that's how you go about doing it. Cool. What other questions do we have here? Anything else? Let me make sure I didn't miss anything in Slack here from the past couple of days. Um, I know in it to Binkit had asked about a demo of using the entry editor on an iPhone specifically. Uh, if you are watching along in it to Binkit, I, I sent you a reply in Slack. I don't have an iPhone, unfortunately. Um, I did, I have a video recorded where I do the whole process on my Android phone. I think it's very similar apart from like maybe a couple cosmetic differences. So I would watch that and see if that helps. Um, but uh, if you run into any specific issues that seem iPhone specific, um, let me know, or I would say maybe even just post in like the support channel or something like that saying, Hey, I'm stuck on this part. Um, because I know I would probably assume about half of the people in our community have an iPhone, um, and can probably help you out there. So 
Any other questions for me here today? I don't see anything else coming in. Been a, been a, a little bit of a quieter couple of days here uh, on office hours. We had a busy, busy uh, start start to the week here. Um, Patrick said loaded uh, PGA field this week. Tom Kim heavy. Oh God, I, I I feel like I knew this question was coming. Honestly, I think he's going to just be even more chalky this week. And I haven't built my lineups yet, um, so I don't know exactly where I'm going to fall. But I think I'm probably going to be under again. Um, he was chalky last week. I think he's going to be chalky this week, especially coming off the win. Uh, and I am probably going, it's hard for me to imagine having a ton of exposure to him. Um, especially like, I think this is a situation where our ownership projections just aren't picking up on the narrative here. Um, I feel like 25% is like a lock for him. I feel like he could be the chalkiest player in the field this week. Uh, and I just have a hard time getting there. These these super chalky 7, 8K golfers are like always my go-to fades, right? Those are always the guys I get off of. Um, so I think that's probably what's going to happen for me here this week. We'll see what sh how it shakes out. Um, I'll run run some research builds and, and see how things are looking. But I just have a hard time seeing myself, myself getting there. Um, but yeah. We'll have to see how how everything shakes out. Again, I haven't really built lineups for this week yet, um, but I think this I think Xander and Scotty two uh, two guys that jump out right away. If we get single, if we actually get single digit ownership there, those will probably be two guys that I am well over on. So, but it's nice to have a legitimate field here again. The last couple of weeks, it's, it's been weaker fields, um, and I feel like especially we've had this like overrated, overpriced nine k range where like two or three weeks in a row I've been playing the same general constructions, which is like two 10 K guys. And then filling in with cheap guys that you're mostly hoping to just like make the cut and, and maybe surge a little bit, uh, on the weekend. Um, so it'll be nice to actually this, the, the field this week looks a little bit more balanced, um, has, has somewhat major vibes here, uh, a little bit. So we'll see, but I think if you, I think given the ownership, if you end up playing a lot of, a lot of Tom Kim, you're, you're basically like, he's got a top five. Um, like you, you're kind of counting on him to really, because otherwise it's going to be hard to get enough differentiation unless you're playing like a really contrarian approach for the rest of the lineup. I feel like it's hard to play him, have him not win or top five and get enough differentiation in the other five parts of your lineup to actually make some noise unless you're really contrarian with the other pieces there. So, um, but should be fun. Should be fun. I'm excited to build some lineups. So All right. Cool. Any other questions here today? I don't see anything coming in here. Just a couple quick announcements before maybe we think about wrapping up uh, a little bit early. Uh, Behind the Sims, we do are we are going to be recording another episode of Behind the Sims this afternoon uh, as we get close to wrapping up the slider backtesting project here, getting close to the end of that. So we'll be recording uh, and posting a new Behind the Sims episode here later this afternoon. I also have a new video up on our YouTube channel called Projections Are Overrated, uh, basically about exactly that. Uh, if you are a part of the SaberSim community here already, I'm sure uh, a lot of that will be somewhat familiar to you, uh, uh, but um, I think still a, a good video of, of why simulations are so important, why averages can be so dangerous. So I definitely recommend checking that out as well. Uh, let's see this question from Jen. Uh, so for slates like today's early one where the games are spread away over two to three hours, is there any strategy to minimize late swap 
Uh, I end up, I end up doing it like six times since the lock. Yeah. You know, these slates are just kind of, they're kind of annoying to be honest. Uh, I had to do the same thing. Um, so I ran one, I think my final builds, uh, I built like 10 or 15 minutes before lock and we only had the starting lineups for these three games. Uh, then we got the angels and Oakland lineups, which were totally different than we expected. So that kind of caused some problems on my lineup. I actually don't think I've late swapped for the giants and Padres, uh, build yet. Honestly, the, the short answer here is I don't think there's a very easy way to like minimize late swap or get away from it. If you don't have starting lineups for certain teams, when you're building your initial lineups, you're going to have to react later. Um, I would say my general philosophy. Um, my, okay. So one thing that I think can kind of help is to like, keep an eye on the game start times, right? Like probably the easiest way to minimize late swap for this particular slate would be to basically wait and until you have as much information as possible. Right. Um, and so, okay, let me, let me, let me phrase this another way. So I don't remember the exact order of operations of how this all happened here today, but basically I think the optimal way to think about your late swap is to late swap the most as flexibly as possible while also maximizing the amount of information you have, right? So basically the lock was at 1110 my time. The next game started at 1210. If we had new information prior to the start of this game, I think the optimal strategy there. So for example, I don't know what time these lineups came out, but if the angels and Oakland lineups were out by the time before this game started, I would have late swapped before this game started, right? Because then you're taking advantage. You're, you're giving yourself the most flexibility to swap. Maybe if these lineups suck, which I think they kind of did, you get the opportunity to swap into better players on these teams, right? But from there swap, with the maximum amount of information as possible. Let's say, for example, we didn't have the starting lineups for any of these three games here um, after this 12-20 game locked, which just happened like six minutes ago. So that's obviously not what happened here, but let's let's just hypothetically say that that's what happened. I would say personally that I would probably wait until like the very last second to late swap and then do it all at once, hoping that you have the starting lineups for all of these different games. Does that make sense? So the way I kind of think about it is like, I want to swap early, I want to swap before the start of other games locking so that I have maximum flexibility. But but assuming that's not a concern, I want to swap as late as possible before the start of the next game so that I have as much information as possible. So it's kind of balancing those two competing things. And I think that will allow you to feel like you're swapping less. So another good example, like if we go back to yesterday, and I see there's, there's another question here. I'll get to that in a second. Um, but like yesterday. So... A lot of times there's like these night games, the West Coast games will all will all get will, will often we'll be waiting for lineups for a few different teams all at once, right? Like we might be waiting for the Angels lineup and the Yankees lineup and the Dodgers lineup at lock. I will typically wait instead of like if we get the Angels lineup five minutes after lock, I will typically wait so that I'm not having to late swap for the Angels lineup and then independently the Yankees lineup and then independently the Dodgers lineup when they all finally come out, I'll typically just wait until I have all three and then do one late swap with all of that information. So that's, that's my take. Um, Jen said, do you think there is merits to waiting for two to three more teams to release lineups than just running late swap once instead of running each after every time releases them? Yeah. But I think there is a balance there of like flexibility helps as well. Right? Like I, I actually ended up kind of, um, 
actually no never mind i i think there's a balance of like the flexibility of having more teams uh to um swap with swap into versus not late swapping as often if that makes sense right so i think it's a little bit of a balance but yeah swap i think balancing swapping with maximum flexibility and minimizing the amount of times you have to late swap somewhere in there is that the optimal strategy so but good question and honestly i feel like in baseball baseball it's one thing basketball is a totally different beast here right where where i mean this doesn't even happen all things considered that often in baseball like these day slates where they're spread out across the whole afternoon i think is the most likely time where this is going to happen uh basketball your late swap strategy has to be pretty tight um for for basketball i pretty much especially during the kind of the main part of the season on a large slate i'm i'm almost always just running a late swap before the start of every game locks no matter what like just because inevitably something has changed and maximizing your ability to, to swap with as much flexibility as possible just ends up outweighing the the negative of having to late swap all the time, right? I think late swapping all the time is kind of table stakes for basketball. So football is really nice on the other hand because the late swap is always the same. It's pretty much always morning games are wrapping up and uh, afternoon games are, you know, you get the the afternoon inactives like an hour before those games start and you get that one late swap window where you kind of decide what to do and you can actually even be uh you can actually even be like kind of intentional about the way you late swap since it just happens one time like swapping different lineups differently and, and things like that so patrick says have you been paying attention to the home run achievements uh not like directly but i did go through and collect all of my achievement crowns the other day um so I, uh, I noticed them in there, but I haven't like, I don't play to those ever um, personally. Like I don't do anything to particularly target them, but I do make sure. Um, oh, it looks like I'm pretty close to a big one here. The Iron Man. Very nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did I already collect this? It looks like I probably did. Oh, that's just taking me back to the lobby. Yeah, I don't know. I don't ever build lineups to to win achievements or anything like that. Um, but good thing to remember to go through and collect them so I can put them on top of my massive stack of, of DraftKings crowns. Cool. Any other questions here for me today? What else do we got going on? Keep an eye on the weather tonight. Looks like we do have some weather concerns uh, on the, the main slate. Um, I'll be taking the main slate off tonight. No no main slate for me today. Just the early, just this uh, weird late lineup early slate that we have going on. Um, but it looks like uh, Toronto, or Balt Toronto and Baltimore and uh, some other game have some weather concerns. So keep an eye on that. Good news is I think they're both early games. So should make things a little bit easier there. But... All right, cool. I don't see any other questions coming in here. So we will go ahead and cap off today's stream a little bit early right there. I will be, of course, right back again tomorrow at the same time, two o'clock Eastern. So come join me again here tomorrow for another episode of Office Hours. Look forward to a new episode of Behind the Sims coming out later this afternoon, as well as uh, a new video that is out on our YouTube channel right now that you can go watch as soon as we hop off this stream. So uh, good luck for those playing the early slate 
Good luck for those playing the main slate. Good luck for uh, tennis grinders. Good luck for those playing the um, golf slate tomorrow. And I will see you guys all at two o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Take care.